0: Hi hey friends, welcome to the Nod Wines podcast. I am your host, Nadia Mincy, but you can call me Nod. I'm thrilled to be bringing you the first official episode of the Nod Wines podcast. Believe me when I tell you, a podcast has been on my mind for some time now, but I had plenty of reasons why either wasn't the right time, the market was saturated, or honestly, I was overwhelmed to dive into an unknown territory. Honestly, the thought that flooded my mind the most was, who is going to listen and who is going to care? But here you are, and here I am doing it, yay! Funny, all of these teasing thoughts seem to be themes in what has become the Wine story. Pour up some wine, let's get into a little story time for context. My background isn't in wine, marketing, or branding. My professional background is in healthcare. After 14 years of working in this industry, I realized my passion is the under layer of this work. The soul of my day job and wine work is community, connections, and relationships. They've just kind of always been my thing. At 34, I'm realizing I've envied others that knew exactly what their passion was when I happened to be working in mine the whole time. Just maybe not in the right vessel that fed my soul. I'm proudly from Sacramento and graduated from Sac State with a degree in social work. Working in the healthcare and social services industry since I was 18, I never thought that I would be finding my new light in my 30s, never mind starting a podcast. I've always loved wine tasting, getting friends together, learning about wine and of course drinking wine. Wine tasting was my hobby and I wanted to do it all the time and wondered how can I get paid for this? My aha wine for the natural wine that started it all was Donkey and Goat's Lily's Pet Nat or Petalat Natural or naturally sparkling in French. It's a naturally sparkling wine made from Chardonnay grapes from Anderson Valley in Mendocino County. Two things about this wine immediately stood out to me. First, it did not taste like the typical buttery, oaky, cali Chardonnay as I was used to. I barely believed it was Chardonnay, actually. And two, what were these delightful bubbles that felt nothing like champagne but brought equal happiness to my palate? My usual wine tasting self would keep the observations to myself. And if the tasting room associate was to around, just nod and say, oh, that's good. I like that one without any qualifiers other than it tasted good to me. And honestly, friends, that's all you really need. If if you like a wine, I love it for you. But here I was intrigued and I needed to know more. The friendly tasting room crew at Donkey and Goat was welcoming to my questions and explained wines in ways that I understood. There were wine notes discussed that didn't feel like a foreign language, wines and colors that were atypical, and the relaxed beauty of the atmosphere was what I always thought wine tasting should be, not uptight or feeling of not being good enough for the space. I started my digital community Nod Wines in February 2020 as an outlet to document my adventures in natural wine. Get it? Nod? Me. Me. Wines, what I was doing a lot of. My best friend Tiffany, shout out to my bestie, pushed me to create the page after many thoughts of who's going to care crossed my mind. Insecurities aside, I've posted, and not a Wines was born on Instagram. I became a frequent taster at the natural wineries on 4th Street in Berkeley because I felt welcome to learn out loud. And I was obsessed with the playful unpredictability of the aromas and flavors of these wines. I wanted to share these wines with anyone and everyone that would listen. I knew there had to be others that were as inquisitive as me. Was I officially a wino? Was it the actual juice or the community? Who knows, I was obsessed. I was overcome with a desire to learn natural wine, share it and break it down for other people the way I understood wine. I soon came to realize that I was a bit by the wine bug and wine was now my thing. Soon after Nod Wines was born, the world shut down and wine tasting was no more. The world shifted to virtual and so did tasting, the perfect home for a digital community. We were all on our phones looking to connect, and this space that was formerly reserved for conference calls and vacation photos was now my personal wine tasting festival. Zoom and IG galore. Over the past two years, I've built community and knowledge about wine virtually and through in-person experiences. Some I've hosted, plenty more others have hosted me. I've traveled all over the state of California and really among the world with my wine curiosity at the forefront of these adventures. I wanted to know more than the average, cute wine tasting outing could provide me. I wanted to learn the stories behind the bottles, the people, the places, and the land that provides us with the gift of natural wine. I rounded up my husband, my friends, my family, and anyone else who would attend tastings with me and shout out to all of you to coming along roads unknown and wine tasting not per usual. I've studied wine formally, gained certifications, and there has still been a world of knowledge left to learn. Wine is a beautiful space that honestly, each village brings fresh, each vintage brings fresh inspiration and a breath of knowledge that no one will ever fully get to know before the next harvest comes around yet again. I've been back in Sacramento for a year and I marvel at the growing natural wine landscape throughout the city. Shameless plug, read my story in the issue of 07 wine zine um, called the Capital City Wine Scene, and in the one on Conduit Wine. It's about a lo- local natural winemaker located just an hour outside the city, such a fun visit. So I tell you all of this because one, we need to get to know each other. I want you to hang out and cork some stories and gather some inspiration for your next adventure in natural wine. I'll bring wine knowledge and stories that are broken down in a way that you can actually apply to your lives, whether it's impressing your next date or hosting for the holidays. Two, I never thought of myself as a creative. My mind reserved that space only for those in photography, music, and the painters, the sculptors of the world. I realize now that we're among a new age of creatives. In this way, anyone, creating their lives and capturing lives that they want to live with is creative in themselves. Sharing my lens into natural wine has led to opportunities like being assistant editor for the wine zine a natural wine magazine, scholarship opportunities, and multiple experiences that have allowed me to enhance my knowledge of wine. To be given nods for branding and invited for content collaborations from brands is so humbling, let me tell you. It shows me that our plans aren't really always up to us and there doesn't have to be a huge dream or a big goal in mind if you're feeling an itch to start something just do it the rest will come with your hard work our plans aren't always ours and there's already a greater plan set for you trust me so if you're still with me take a sip it's time to get into the wine i host natural wine tastings which has been an engaging way to share about natural wine and wine in general outside the tasting room atmosphere My two most common questions are, what is natural wine, and isn't all wine natural? We'll dive into both of those questions today, um, but let's take a look at them separately, though the answers may overlap. The natural wine movement began in France in the late 1980s and is now known worldwide, though in some U.S. markets it's more known than others. In cities like L.A., San Francisco, and New York, they've been on the wave for a while while others like Sacramento, Chicago, Detroit, and Austin are swiftly joining and really riding that wave. There are natural wine bars and shops opening everywhere, winemakers popping up in different places all over the US. Check my show notes for some of my favorite cities. Check my show notes for some of my favorite places to shop for natural wine in cities that I've lived in, Oakland, LA, and Sacramento. The term natural wine is actually not an official term here in the U.S. It doesn't have a governing body or a regulating body uh, for wines made in this style. Instead, the term natural wine is a general term encompassing wines that are made from organic and biodynamically grown grapes in a minimal intervention style. This really means the term natural wine, minimal intervention wine, and low intervention wine, all those terms can really be used interchangeably, but it really depends on the winemaker and the practices they are using in the vineyard and cellar. In some, when you think of natural winemaking, you're comparing it to the conventional winemaking process, and that means everything from what's happening in the vineyards all the way to your final product that ends up in the bottle. Best way to get all your answers is talk to the winemaker. Yes, natural wines can taste different from conventional wines, but not necessarily. Some can be made naturally without major differences on the palate. No, not all natural wines are funky and weird. Sure, some may look a little funky due to the winemakers choosing not to fine or filter chemically, but this still results in wines with sediment like your fresh squeezed juices. So think about the sediment that kind of crawls around or like floats around in your juices. If you're a 90s kid, I mean, I love the red jug of Minute Maid and seeing all the floating fruit particles in the juice really got me excited. So maybe that was my start to natural wine. Who knows? Um, But if you have the treat of having the last glass of a bottle of natural wine that's unfined or unfiltered, those particles are just so tasty and just a really interesting texture and a way to get to know the wine a little bit better. On to the other question, isn't all wine natural? So natural wine, like I talked about, is comparing the processes, right? You're looking at conventional winemaking versus natural winemaking, And so the term natural wine just kind of encompasses those wines made in that style. I have an analogy and just follow me here. It might make sense and I hope it does. So think about your favorite burger chain. So whatever drive-through that you like to pull up in and get that burger, it's reliable. Every year, every time you go up, it tastes the same, right? It's reliable. Um, that is the, the, the marketing of that company. They want that burger. They, when you're craving it, it's going to cure. It's going to cure that craving, right? It's predictable. Think about that like your wines, um, your conventionally made wines, whether that is the 2011 vintage or 2021 vintage, it tastes the same, Right, it's reliable. Um, the price is the same. It's on the shelf. Sometimes it's on sale, like Safeway or whatever market you're shopping at. But it's it's predictable. It, it's what you are going to the store for. Let's say you're on the phone with your, your homie. They can pick up the bottle of wine. You'll know exactly which one that you like to get because um, it's going to be the same either way. So that's the conventional wine process and your you know your your drive-through burger. Think about when you make a burger at home right? If you're taking the ground beef or whatever meat you like to choose, you're seasoning it, you're rolling it up, kind of putting your own little twist on it. Um, You're cutting up the produce, you grill the burgers, you got the buns going. And so as you create that burger, you have each little piece there. So you think about taking a bite into that homemade burger, you're going to taste the lettuce, the tomato, the bun, the burger. And so as you take a bite of that, you taste all of those different flavors. That's like natural wine. Natural wine is going to have all those different flavor profiles and layers within that bite versus conventional wine, that one sip is going to taste the same, just like that one bite of that burger from the fast food joint is going to taste the same because it's consistent. In that way, natural wine can actually be different every year. Um, The wines can really depend on the climate. So let's say there was a drought that year, a ton of rain, frostbite, a heat wave, all of those things have an effect on the grape. And because you're not taking the grapes and putting it through the conventional winemaking process where there's additives and you can give or take to kind of get the formula just right that wine is going to taste different, right? It's a true reflection of the grapes and the land that it's grown from versus conventional wine. You know, you see those masses, those acres and acres of um, grape farms, those vineyards as you drive through Napa. Those grapes, let's say something does happen to them, like inclement weather or something like that that conventional winery has a formula on how to get that wine just how it was last year so that their their market is going to love it, their consumers are going to love it. So that's kind of the difference. So hopefully you caught my burger analogy. Now I am hungry. So sure, all wines that are essentially made from grapes grow naturally from the earth. But again, that natural wine is the process in which it's taken through, start to finish. Okay. So get ready to take some notes. I'm going to give you um, kind of the cheat sheet or the, the bullet points you're going to look for when you're shopping for natural wine. So your first thing is you're looking for organically or biodynamically grown grapes. So biodynamically grown grapes, it, they use organics, but they are to, based on the lunar cycles. So um, the wine is like its own little ecosystem the cover crop, the fertilizers, they all have regenerative practices in mind of um, feeding into itself. So you're looking for organically grown grapes. Sometimes these grapes are dry farmed. Dry farming means that there's no irrigation. So you're not going to see little tiny spouts or irrigation within the vineyard. Um, so if you see that on the label, there's some old vines. So sometimes you'll see, you know, dry farmed old vines. What that means is that those roots and vines are so old that the roots go way down deep and they can get their own water. They don't need the irrigation system. Um, there's also hand picked. So these grapes can also be hand picked. And hand picking is important, and not everybody ha- has the means to do it, but hand picking means, I mean, really, human hands have picked those grapes. So each you know, each vine. You're going along each vine, and you have one person doing it. You know, of course, a group doing it. But the difference in that between machine picking is that the machine can pick up any old thing, right? So there's critters. There's a whole life happening. There's lives happening within the vineyard. So it can, you know, accidentally pick up things that come along the way in the vineyard. You know, use your imagination. You get it. So um, hand picked, hand sorted. Then those grapes are brought to the vineyard. Sorry, they're brought to the cellar, from the vineyard to the cellar. In the cellar, winemakers are using what is called a minimal intervention process. So in that process, there are only native yeast fermentations. So wild yeast, indigenous yeast, spontaneous fermentation, those are all words for meaning. There are no chemical, um, or sorry, there's no commercial yeast added to the grapes. So they bring them in, no yeast is added. Typically they stomp or press those grapes and the fermentation starts on its own. From there, the sugar converts to alcohol. We'll talk about the whole wine making process later. But so you take that minimal intervention process and that means that there's no other additives or chemicals or things being used. Um, the FDA has actually approved about 60 additives. I thought it was like 68 or something, but let's just say 60 plus um, FDA approved additives are in winemaking here in the US. And if you look on your favorite bottle of tequila, wine, beer, whatever, there's no nutrition label there. There's no ingredient label there. So again, in the United States, we're not required to add all the ingredients that were used in the winemaking process. So again, ask your winemakers, um, they'll know, but you kind of think about um, if you're looking for certain words, because maybe those words aren't on the bottles, right? You should have some great folks at your natural wine stores helping you out um, and helping you pick those out. But you're looking for words like unfind, unfilter, minimal to no sulfur added at bottling. So these are just kind of key words that you can look for. Um, Unfind, that's the actual clarifying process that the wine goes through. Um, Filtering, is again, kind of taking those particles, that sediment out. And sulfur can be added to wines um, in order to stabilize the wines, So they don't go back into fermentation, no bacteria grows in the wines. Um, but in minimal intervention, there's minimal, there can be minimal sulfur added. Um, some like Sans WinCo we'll have them on next time. They actually don't use any um, sulfur in in their process. So, it really just depends again on the winemaker's goals and what they're going for. Um, in that process, when you're finding and filtering chemical agents, animal products, and things can be added in to help draw out those particles and get your really clear, clear glass of wine. So, next time you get into some natural wine, or maybe it'll be the first time you get into some natural wine, if it's a white wine or lighter wine, or even in the reds, hold your glass up to the light or the sunshine and you'll see kind of the particles or even if it's a white wine, it can be light colored, but can be a little bit murky. That means they haven't find or filtered the wine. Instead, winemakers can use other things like other modalities like racking um, or different things to get the wines clear, but maybe not the clearest. So you're going to use that as your guide. Um, I have a friend that's tried and true. She has used this list. She was in Oakland shopping for wines. She's drank wine with me several times. She used this list, went into a shop in Oakland, was asking all these questions, and she came out with a beautiful light red Chilean wine, and she loved it. And it wasn't a wine that she would have picked herself. Um, She enjoyed it, Um, but it was, um, I think it was a blend of Pais, which is a grape native to Chile, and another wine. It was a blend and she loved it and was just so impressed that, hey, your list worked. So if it worked for her, it can work for you too. So Taking that natural wine process and how these wines are made, this results in wines that are reflective of the terroir or the land and climate and surroundings in which the grape was grown. Think about the geography, the climate, the soils, how the vineyard was cared for. That's all going to feed in that French word or concept terroir. So, let me tell you, there's nothing like being able to sip a wine standing in the vineyard where it was grown. The understanding of the coastal breeze or the the, the valley sun, whatever that can have the, on the effect of grapes. That's why they do, you know, um, vineyard tours, right? It's not just to show you, hey, these are the grapes on the vine. It's really Next time you go on one, pay attention to your surroundings, what's around you. Like, what does it smell like? Are there other animals there? Are there other crops growing on the ground? Kind of thinking about the vineyard as a whole ecosystem, all and how they care for their grapes and how they're picking it and doing all those things. That's what feeds into these grapes that become natural wine so like a lot of my winemaker friends say they say that natural wine is made in the vineyard Um, because if you pay attention to the vineyard and you're doing all your work there the process that you have to take it through in the cellar should be very minimal so if you think about conventional wine you go on the other side if there is less work being done or maybe pesticides or things being used in the vineyard when they pick up the grapes with all the machines bring them into the seller they're going to have to sort more they're going to have to go through it more maybe add some chemicals or additives just to balance things out so when it comes to natural wine it, it's more than just the grapes right it is it's 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 the land it's the respect for the land which i really appreciate the people that are proud of the process and you know there's a buzzword And it can mean so many different things. And I feel like when I have different winemakers on, we're going to talk about this word is sustainability, right? Sustainability can come in so many different forms. It's like the new word of organic. Like we just don't know exactly what that means unless you ask who's using it, what they mean by that. So before we close today, I'm going to give you some terms not to rely on when shopping for natural wine. Don't look for the clean wines. I mean, honestly, that's a whole marketing gimmick. And these These topics we'll get into in other episodes, but don't look for clean wines or sugar-free or no sugars added. I mean, honestly, when you look at wines, there's a spectrum, right? They're either fermented dry. Dry means it's not sweet, right? So there's a spectrum of dry, off dry, which means it's like a tad bit sweet and some residual sugar. Medium sweet, purposely that there's residual sugar. And sweet, and those are, I mean, obviously your sweet wines, more like your dessert wines and things. Most of your natural wines will fall into the dry category, meaning residual and zero residual sugars. But when you taste it, which I've had my mom and some of my family members try some of these wines, they're like, wow, this is sweet, or this tastes like pineapple, or this reminds me of guava. What you're really tasting when you're having those really savory, fruity, just unique flavors in the wine are the natural grapes, you're actually, that is the, that grape um, grown in Amador or Napa versus um, Monterey or Mendocino, those are very different climates. So that same grape, so whether that's Chardonnay or Pinot Noir, it's going to reflect differently grown in different climates. So another word that you don't want to like just rely, solely rely on is sustainable. Because again, what does that really mean? I mean, that can mean sustainability in, you know, maybe reducing their carbon footprint. So that's just really the glass that has nothing to do with like the wine that's in there. Or maybe it is the sustainability in um, their just practices as an employer or as a company. We really don't know what that means. That's really just asking the companies doing your research. As a consumer, it's really up to us to research things. I mean... Some, sometimes things are fed to us, but sometimes what's fed to us is what is obviously they want to sell us. So just like with anything else, you know, we pick our our poisons and, you know, I've just decided to dive into wine and you don't have to do the research. I'm doing it for you. Um, and then another one, which I've seen on labels is made with organically grown grapes. So a lot of people are like, oh, that's organic wine. That's organic wine, which I could see that that you know, organic wine, because it's made with organically grown grapes. But think about, okay, they can pick the organically grown grapes, but as the process they take it through, they could still add yeast. They could still add the chemicals and kind of do the things in the cellar to get it to be that reliable product that's probably on your BevMo shelf. So, those are just a couple things. And in further episodes, we'll get into it. If you have questions, please hit me up on Instagram because honestly, my affinity for this juice runs deep. I mean, there's levels to this. We'll, we'll we'll get into it. But honestly, the natural wine principles take sustainability to the next level, not just because of the vineyard practice or kind of the carbon footprints and some of the other things that I've mentioned. But as I've learned, got to learn this culture and really the people that are in it, there's discussions about fair wages, labor practices, work conditions, social justice, diversity, and women's rights. I've never thought of wine as having that lens, but the people that I've come across and really what they're fighting for, it's deeper than the wine. I've learned so much over the years that I have What I have cannot be reduced to a six second reel. So that's why I'm here. I thought it was time for a Nod Wines refresh and a pivot. I wanted to be able to share with you what I've had the pleasure of learning about and what gets me so excited about the people, places, and concepts that make up wine culture that I've come to know. Over the next couple episodes, I'll have some guests and we'll blend in some wine pairing and varietal talk so you can get ready for the holidays or just navigate the everyday wine woes. Hit me up on Instagram to let me know what you want to hear about and to book a natural wine tasting with me. Tune in every other week for relatable natural wine knowledge and drink wines worth talking about. Subscribe to this podcast and I'll connect you with a wine that your palate vibes with, a story that intrigues you, or simply be your go-to wine friend. Follow Nod Wines on Instagram, Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all podcast platforms. This podcast is brought to you by We Are Sacramento and The Law. Cheers.